Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another Tuesday edition of the TNT Devotional here at New Hope Church. My name is Howard, and I am the campus pastor for our awesome, amazing Alvin campus. Love you guys. And uh, I'm just excited to be joining you this morning as we continue in our series on prayer. And I would encourage you, as we always do, to just chime in. Tell us where you're from. Tell us where you're joining us from. Just type it in the comment section. Give us a hello. You can say hello from Pearland or hello from Alvin or wherever you're joining us from. Uh, we would also love it if you would share any prayer request that you might have, because we do believe, we do believe in the power of prayer and praying for one another. And we have a lot of great folks on here that would be honored to pray for you. I was just looking on YouTube. My girl Carrie O is there. Juan Elias Colorado from the Alvin campus. Leonore, she always tells me good morning. Uh, we're on Facebook, Jerry Bragg and Shirley Liston, just wonderful, wonderful lady. And all of them, they would love to pray for you. So be, be, be bold. Share that prayer request if you have something. This also feels like a good time that we might, I might mention the, our prayer wall. If, if you're not familiar with the prayer wall, it's an amazing thing. You can find that at prayer dot newhopechurch.tv prayer dot newhopechurch.tv and, and that is available 24 7 for you to not only post a prayer request but you can also go out and pray for other people's needs uh, you can go out and sort by campus you can uh, you can sort just for the ones for your campus let's say you go to the alvin campus or you can pray for people across all four of the campuses because we're all one church family and, and the really cool thing is that once you pray for somebody you click on the button that says, I prayed for this. That generates a message to the person who posted a prayer request. I was just speaking to my mother last week. My mother had put a prayer request on the prayer wall, and she talked about how, it, how much it meant to her when she started getting dings and emails that people had prayed for her prayer request. So it's a great source of encouragement, so please take advantage of that, prayer.newhopechurch.tv. All right. I also think this is a very cool week because it's Palm Sunday this Sunday. You know, we call it Palm Sunday because it's the Sunday before Easter. But the other cool part is that we generally celebrate our church's anniversary on Palm Sunday each year. Um, because we started, this church started on Palm Sunday in 1989. Woo! Which means for the math challenged among us, that's 32 years. 32 years. Anniversary this Sunday we are celebrating on Palm Sunday, and I am just super excited about that. Uh, my my wife Charlene and I we have been blessed to call this church home since that very first week. And um, you know it's funny we had been married for right about a month when the church started, so it's always easy for me to remember how many years the church has been around because it's the same number of years I've been married. And I'm sure every husband will tell you that you never, ever, 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 ever want to forget how long you've been married. So 32 years, um, and that means 32 years uh, of a lot of good folks just trying to follow where God is leading us to go. Uh, and I'll tell you, from my vantage point, I have seen powerful story after powerful story after powerful story of God showing up in situations that seem hopeless and then doing something amazing, which means over the years, I've seen a lot of answered prayers. 
And um, that's why I'm so excited about the series that we've been doing here on the Tuesday and Thursday devotionals. You know, we started out, if you remember, we were looking at the Lord's Prayer, right, in Matthew chapter 6. We went through that line by line. We've continued looking at different areas of our lives where we need to be committed to prayer. And today we're going to be discussing praying for our neighbors, praying for our neighbors. And immediately I can feel it. Whoa, Pastor Howard, Pastor, whoa, whoa, whoa. are you sure about that? Because you haven't met my neighbors. You know, I got that lady and she's like pretty much, let's just say she's hard to get along with. So let me say this off the time, off the top. Yes. Yes, it's important to pray for our neighbors. In Mark chapter 12, we find what is often referred to as the great commandment. Now, if you've been around church much, you've probably heard this. But the first part, beginning in verse 30, says, in fact, this is Jesus talking now. I want to set that up. The Pharisees are trying to test Jesus. They're trying to trip him up and say, well, what's the most important commandment? And to see what he says so they can attack him. And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Man, that's awesome. Woo, yay, God. But then immediately following that, verse 31, he says, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And I'm like, wow. So Jesus equates that we should love and care about our neighbors just like we love and care about ourselves. And since we're told that we're supposed to pray about the things that we care about, that's 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. That means that we should not only be caring about our neighbors, we should be praying for our neighbors. And so once again, I think that brings us back to the idea of even that neighbor? And the answer is yes, yes. You know, one of the most famous stories in the Bible is the story of the Good Samaritan. We find that in Luke chapter 10. And we're told that once again, the Pharisees, they're trying to trick Jesus. And so one Pharisee comes up and he, and, and he asks Jesus, he said, how do I inherit eternal life? And so Jesus turns around. He said, well, what does the Bible say? And so the Pharisee quotes this great commandment. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And you must love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, that's it. Now just go and do it. And then the Pharisee asks what I call a, a qualifying question. He goes, ah, ah, but who is my neighbor? You know, it's funny. I used to think that that was an innocent question. But I've come to realize that no one ever asks qualifying questions because they want to do more than what is required. Does that make sense? I mean, I think back to my kids. Not a single one of them ever said, Dad, I know it's my turn to do the dishes, but can I also take out the garbage? That didn't happen. Or I know you said I had to mow all the way out to the tree line, but can I go ahead and just mow the whole property? Or I, I know I'm, you told me I had to study for an hour tonight. Can I go ahead and study for two hours? I mean, it didn't happen, right? Instead, it's how far do I have to go? What's the minimum amount <laughs> that's required of me? And Jesus can see that that's what this Pharisee is doing. So he tells him the story of the Good Samaritan. And we find this in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 30. 
It says, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. So we know that it's, it's a Jewish man. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, a Jewish priest, happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, which was another Jewish man that worked in the synagogue, when he came to the place, he saw him and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, says, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus asked, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of Roberts? The expert in the law, the Pharisee, he replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So once again, we see Jesus teaching concepts that are still applicable for us. The great commandment calls us to love God and to love people, to love God and to love people. And, and what he shows us in this illustration is that we're not allowed to qualify who we're called to love. The Samaritan was called the Samaritan because he was from the, the place called Samaria. And here's the deal. They didn't get along with the Jewish people at all. Samaria was a land where a, a Jewish remnant had intermixed with, with people from other races. And so the whole country is a country of Jewish mixed breed people. And so the Jews from Jerusalem, they didn't accept them. They wouldn't even travel. Get that? If they had to get to the other side of Samaria, they wouldn't travel through it. They actually went all the way around and took a much longer route because they just felt Samaria was so beneath them. So when the Pharisee is attempting to, to qualify how far he has to go to love his neighbor as himself, Jesus basically says, all the way. That's how far you have to go. So today, I do want to concentrate on the areas closer to our homes, what we would call our neighborhoods, mostly because I think that's where we have the greatest opportunity to affect people with our loving and caring and with our prayers. And, and, and I think where we can apply this idea of no qualifications and no limits in loving our neighbors and praying for our neighbors is that we don't pick and choose only certain neighbors to love and to pray for. You know what I mean? It's the easy ones. It's the ones that look like us, the ones we already know, maybe because our kids are in scouts or in little league together, or the ones that have a New Hope sticker on their car. You know, those are the easy ones. I will say this. I've lived in my house in my neighborhood for about 15 years, a little over 15 years, actually. And I will confess to you that for most of those 15 years, I've been a pretty lackluster neighbor in this regard. Uh, mostly, I just keep to myself. And I will tell you that I knew maybe four families in my neighborhood. There's over 100 houses in my neighborhood. I knew four. 
Over the last year with the pandemic, though, some really cool stuff has happened in that so many more people are outside and they're walking and they're doing things outside. And so during this time, I've also taken over the dog walking duties in my house. And so my dog and I, we usually take two long walks a day, one in the morning and one in the evening. And I'll tell you, after this last year, that I probably know 20 to 30 folks now. And I will tell you that I have waved at and greeted so many more people than that. I mean, seriously, if you are outside in your yard and Pastor Howard comes by, you're getting the, hey, good morning. How you guys doing? You're getting it all, all the time because I'm trying to not pass up any opportunities now. For many years, we were the young new family with the little kids. And now that we've been there a long time, it's funny, within just a few hundred yards of my house, there's at least a dozen houses that have recently sold or are on sale now or, or I know are getting fixed up to go on the market very soon. When a new young couple moved in right across from me, catacorner from me just a few weeks ago, I will tell you, I went right over and introduced myself when I saw them outside, uh, met them, names are Kenny and Allison, they're great. And, and, and now we talk all the time. And I just found out this week that Allison is pregnant, and so I was able to celebrate that with them, man, and it is just so cool. And I will tell you that every time I walk in front of their house, I pray for them. But I pray for the ones that I don't know yet as well. And I pray for the ones that have political signs in their yard that may not be the same signs that I would put in my yard. It is funny in my neighborhood, you walk around and there's still tons of houses with Trump 2020 signs in them. Likely somehow haven't gotten the message. But we have Trump signs. I see Biden-Harris signs and flags. I see NRA flags and Black Lives Matter flags and rainbow flags. And I'm telling you, I'm praying for everybody, no matter what kind of sign or flag in their yard. Here's why. I was born in 1966. Some of you just went, dang, that guy's old. I get it. But... The first president I can distinctly remember being in office was Gerald Ford. That was early 70s when, when I came to this realization. And then Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, Joe Biden now. And so we're talking guys from both sides of the spectrum, right? And, and I've seen our country as it swayed from this way to that way. And this is all just in my lifetime. There's only one Jesus. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And if I let all of this distract me from this, I am failing in the great commandment and I am not loving my neighbor as myself. And so I want to love them and care about them. And so I pray for them. Because here's the deal, you cannot pray heartfelt prayers for somebody and not care about them. So my first practical step for you is to pray for your neighbors. And I mean, pray for all of them. Either take a prayer walk if you're able to, walk the streets, or you can get in your car and do a prayer ride around. Just pray for folks. And I'm saying, just get out there and get to know folks. If your neighborhood has a next door page or a Facebook page, get on it. 
Get to know your neighbors. See what they're struggling with. See what they're celebrating. Tell folks you're praying for them. And then help them if there's something that you can help them with. And once you get to know them a little, ask them if they go to church. And if they don't, invite them to New Hope. You see them at the corner store, ask them how they're doing. Ask them how you, how you can pray for them. And if you're comfortable enough, if they share something with you, pray for them right then. I know that's, I know that's difficult. It, it's hard to do that. But you could say, can I just pray for that right now? But if that's not you and you don't feel like you're at that point, just promise them, I'm going to pray for you as soon as I get in my car. I'm going to pray for you as soon as I get home. The bottom line is this. If we love someone like we are called to love someone, then we will pray for them. Now, sometimes my mind, I go off on these weird tangents and, 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 and these weird thoughts and, and some of my good friends on here like Cario or Debbie Farquhar, they will attest to that. They, they've heard me ramble my thoughts before, but it happened to me the other day with the Good Samaritan. I did not grow up in church, but I knew from common knowledge that a Good Samaritan was somebody that stopped and helped in time of need, right? I mean, we have Good Samaritan laws. We go, oh, he's being a Good Samaritan. I mean, that's just common knowledge. In fact, I will admit this. I thought the word Samaritan meant helper or do-gooder of some kind. But it doesn't. It really means a person from Samaria. Still, a helper is what the word has come to mean or to represent. So here's where I went. If Jesus was telling that story here, he might have said that the three people in the parable were a, a pastor, a church elder, and a Texan, or a pastor, a church elder, and a Houstonian. And then those words, Texan or Houstonian, would have come to mean a person who helps or who loves their neighbor. That's when I got challenged. Follow me here. What if we, what if we, the people of New Hope Church, loved and cared for and prayed for our neighbors so much that the term New Hoper took on a whole new meaning? Not just a person from New Hope Church, but a person that lives out the great commandment as we love our neighbors as ourselves. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be awesome? I think one of the most loving things that you can do is invite someone that you know doesn't have a relationship with Christ to join us on Easter, to reach out, to make the ask, to make the invite. And I know that may not be an easy thing for you. To make it as easy as possible, we created these really cool handouts that uh, we have at all of the campuses. They have the service time for all the campus. Take a few, take a few and use them. You can use them at work or at school, or you can just throw a few in your pocket as you're taking that prayer walk around your neighborhood. Uh, you can also share it on social media. Uh, you can just go to the church's webpage. We posted the invites, I believe it was yesterday, maybe the day before. Go out there and just click share and share it. Let's be intentional. Let's be intentional about inviting someone on Easter. What a great first step and loving them. And let's continue to pray for our neighbors. All right, let me pray for us now. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this time that we have together. And Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in this church and in us, God. Our, you have said that to truly love you in that great commandment, that to truly love you, we must also love our neighbors. And, and Lord, that can be scary sometimes when that's not our personality, when we don't like to put ourselves out there. But um, Lord, please help us to do that. Even when we disagree about stuff, even when we believe in different things, because when we can overcome those hurdles, God, that's when we truly see the miracle of your love. So teach us to love, Lord. Teach us to love as you have loved us, that this world might be a better place, one giant neighborhood, God, where we live and love and pray for one another. We thank you, Lord. It's in your name. Amen. All right, guys. I love you guys very much. Uh, if you're Astros fans, just know that opening day tickets go on sale tomorrow. So uh, hopefully we, you can all get tickets to go to the game. But uh, I love you guys. It's great to be here. Have a great day. See ya.